0: Your tonton will freeze before you reach the first marker. Then I'll see you in hell. To the Beyond the First Marker podcast Beyond the First Marker is a podcast That explores the greater Star Wars universe And how to represent themed characters Units and battles on the Star Wars Legion Tabletop This will involve digging into the rules And sharing modeling options to make your favorite units A playable reality We are an Australian based podcast And will be regularly chatting with members Of the Australian Legion community And the larger global community Thank you for joining us
1: And here we are with episode five of Beyond the First Marker Podcast. As usual, in the in the chairs today, we have Drew Barker and my usual
0: co-host, Lo
1: Brad. How you doing,
0: Lo Brad? I'm good, brother. How you doing?
1: Ah, really well. I didn't realize how long it was since we had uh, done an episode. This. Locked out is really kind of messing with my sense of time.
0: Yeah. I mean, as we mentioned in a previous episode, we are both teachers. And by being teachers, we are both doing a lot of online teaching and, um, you know, managing of students and, in your case, staff. And it just eats up a lot of time. And
1: I guess not to toot our own horns, but, like, suddenly learning how to do our job in, in a f- quite a different way. Um mm-hmm has been deceptively time consuming.
0: Yes. I feel like um, my job takes twice as long and I'm notoriously busy on a good day. So yeah, it ain't, it ain't pretty.
1: Um, not that we're complaining too loudly. Cause
0: no, you we know, have jobs. Ha-
1: yeah. Having a job that got difficult is better than not having a job. So Amen um, to that. our thoughts go out to those people who are struggling right now. Um, yeah. And hope we get through this soon
0: absolutely well drew let's uh let's shift to the land of uh the the future shall we and when i say that i mean the galaxy far far away (laughs) a long time ago a long time ago so i I went the wrong direction let's uh let's go way back let's go back to the original historical game star wars legion
1: (laughs) um it's funny my um my son said to me the other day he said dad is star wars in the future I was like, um, "That's kind of difficult."
0: Mm-hmm. Like, oh,
1: talk about talk about difficult conversation with the kids. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. <laughs> right on. So All right, what have you been so, doing? Oh man, um, so I've been super busy painting, uh, but unfortunately, I haven't done a ton of Legion. That said, uh, yesterday or the day before, time is blurring at this point. Um, I did finally finish, uh, I redid the skin and uh, the jacket, uh, the highlight jacket, the jacket highlights on uh, Mm. Panda Baba and uh, the Skull Forge model, and then I painted Dr. Evan Zanz, who was basically just base-coated, and I started putting some highlights on, but I fully highlighted that model. Uh, I Man, can I just say how much I love Skull Forge? I know we talk about it in every single episode, but... Painting those models is a goddamn joy. And uh, I know I'm throwing you a softball that you can go hit now, but man, how good are painting those models?
1: Yeah. Um, I did, uh, I, got, well, I got, I got a heap of uh, of Skullforge stuff now, but I picked up, a, uh, maybe I talked about this last time, I picked up an Anakin mm-hmm. uh, with, a, with an unlit saber and I painted it up and it was, Oh, it's just just so crisp so yeah. simple so so clean but really nice to paint um, and, oh and then I guess I guess this is a hobby playing around with recipes for things and, and not necessarily for Anakin but I just use Anakin because he hasn't he had a, a saber hilt with no blade on it mm-hmm. I tried out my recipe for a dark saber oh using LEDs mm-hmm. um, which kind of had to really think about how I was going to do that because, um, you know, it's, we don't, black lights don't really exist in our, um, in yeah. our galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the closest I got to that was a, just taking a sort of a slither of, um, of acrylic, uh, like one or two millimeter would be best. I think I had three millimeters. So it was a little bit chunky, but, mm-hmm. um, you get by. Um, so I cut just sort of my basic blade shape out of that. um, drilled out a hole at one end to fit the led i bought some white some cold white leds just so i can get some some white white light Mm -hmm. um i painted the sides of the blade black um and actually no first of all i painted the sides of the blade white so that i had a white surface on
0: the uh
1: on the inside
0: yeah yeah that's cool that's cool that makes it the light reflect i hadn't thought of doing that that's fantastic
1: it just means that you get more light coming out of the blade than you would if you if you had a black surface on the inside. Yeah, Clever. and then on top of the white, on top of the white, you paint the black, uh, and then that gives you a reasonably good approximation of the dark saber. Although it's kind of like um, non-metallic metal, which is that it it looks right from a particular point of view. Yeah, but from a different point of view, the effect is not perfect. But you're never going to get it perfect because essentially the dark saber is a. Sp- right like it's uh it's a two-dimensional object really
2: yeah
1: well the effect is two-dimensional because presumably it looks black from any angle but just has sort of white radiating out from the sides but Mm -hmm. from any angle which is not really possible so
0: but you left the edges unpainted so that the light shone through it wasn't so you you painted the flats of the blades black and but then you left the edges unpainted so there was a sliver of light uh, coming through right that's coming out
1: on each side. And so that's, which is, which, like I said, from, if you look at it from the flat side, it looks like it should. Mm -hmm. But if you looked at it from the, if you looked at it from the unpainted side, it it just, you'd just see a whole bunch of light coming out without the black and then it (laughs) wouldn't look quite right. So
0: yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: But then like, even, even just painting a lightsaber blade, you can't really get around that because you, you want a white or you want a really bright colored core and a, and a blue or green or red exterior. Mm -hmm. You can't get that from every angle on a three-dimensional object. So
0: do the best you can, man, do the best you can. Sure. And Um, you've been, and you've been working on, um, some troopers to go with him.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I finished painting more or less finished painting. I may have to do a touch, a few more things, but, um, my second squad of purge troopers, um, I still haven't based them, and I haven't entirely decided on basing. But I think I'm there, but just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got two squads of those now, which I'm kind of happy with. Um, I was trying to do some really shiny black armor, and I'm, I'm, it's okay, I guess, but it's hard. It's black shiny black armor is tough. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I hit it with a gloss varnish or not. That might. Might obscure it. Might make it look better. I'll play around with that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Matte probably not going to work so well, or it might. I'll try that. Yeah. Um, so my painting box has got now those two squads, which I just need to base and uh, and varnish up. Um, I've got my bark, which I'm kind of looking at. I found a really cool picture of like a shiny black, um, like. Uh, jet jet mm-hmm. airplane like a like a small passenger plane mm-hmm. but it was in like gloss black and it was and it looked perfect and i can't find the image again so ah, um but i was, it just had that perfect like um the, around the sides at eye level you can see kind of the runway in mm-hmm. almost perfectly and then as you move further up the hull fuselage fuselage as you move further up fuselage it just goes black and that's um but that kind of mirror image effect, it's going to be difficult to paint, but I'll, I'll give it a shot if I can find that image again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I have, uh, I got, I got a few more figures from Skullforge, which um, I might use as members of the Inquisitoris. Um, Sweet. But yeah. Uh, and then obviously I have Anakin who will be my kind of, um, my what if universe, what if, Anakin had beaten Obi-Wan, um, mm-hmm. then Darth Vader would still be leading the Inquisitors, but um, he wouldn't have to wear his iconic armor. He'd just be in his robes, presumably just in his robes looking angry. So
0: Nice. Um, that's, that's how I painted him. Yeah, man, that's um, cool. Um, I love the theme. I love how you're going. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing that on the table. Uh, I'm going for a scummier theme. Uh, and I have a lovely set of Skullforge, uh, not to just, you know, toot Skullforge horn all night, but I have, uh, a set of Skullforge Jawas that I think I might be painting up next, um, that or my Inferno Squad, but we'll talk more about Inferno <laughs> Squad later because, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm super keen, uh, now that we have Inferno Squad rules, uh, spoiled, uh, a, a good number of the cards shown, Especially since Eden's about to come out, I'm very excited. Now I know some people are saying Iden, um, Iden, Eden. It's the same. Anyway, moving on. Uh, very excited.
1: Uh, I'll put it out there. I'm a, I'm an Inferno Squad. Like, I know nothing about Inferno Squad. I haven't played any of the games. Uh, I haven't read any of the books. So I'm not, I'm not worried about spoilers or anything. I just, I, it's not a
0: conversation I can contribute anything to. But uh, I'll do my best. Yeah, I'm, I haven't played the video game, but I've watched a lot of the cut videos between scenes, uh, and, yeah. I, and I've read the novel. And I quite enjoy uh, Inferno Squad, and I'm very much looking forward to adding them to my Imperial army. And yes, I know, spoilers, they do switch sides at one point. But uh, for now, I'm very much going to be using them as Imperials, as the rules are saying. But anyway, um, Drew, well, I, there are, I mean... So I'm clearly excited about Eden coming out. Uh, Even though I have a Skullforged Eden, I'm going to use, I think I'm going to paint her to to be more, uh, I don't know, blonde, maybe? Uh, I I recently painted Captain Marvel for the Marvel Crisis Protocol game, and I really enjoyed painting her blonde hair. So I might paint my Skullforged Eden blonde, uh, and then when I get the official FFG Eden, I'll paint her to be Eden if that makes sense, because she comes with the little droid, and when I ordered her from Skullforged, I didn't get the little droid. So I think I'm just going to paint her as a generic member of um, Inferno Squad, and then just use her as a basic trooper, and then have the actual Eden model as Eden Verso. So yeah, very excited about those coming out, especially since uh, I now have rules, so that's going to be fantastic. (laughs) Um, What are you excited about coming out, man? Because there's a ton of stuff coming out.
1: Um, I guess the, the, something I I just really enthused to paint at the moment, but it's I don't see it coming out for a while. Um, I've been watching uh the Siege of Mandalore um mm-hmm. on Disney Plus, and wow, that particularly the arc, like the, the the season's been good. Um, but the arc season Siege of Mandalore, I know you haven't watched it, so I won't spoil it. But ah, oh, it's so good, um, nice. and so much more, which makes me. It makes me want to paint Maul, but it also it also makes me just sort of absolutely certain that Maul is not, um, well, he should not be coming out uh, for the CIS or for the uh, GAR. Um, he doesn't really match any of the um, any of the factions that are currently in the game. Scum. Uh, well, the, yeah, he, he would make he would make an ideal leader for a scum army. Um, I mean. Jabba is a is sort of the other iconic scum probably more iconic iconic as a scum leader, but mm-hmm. um, Maul would be so much more um, from a so much more interesting from a gameplay perspective as a scum leader. Like Jabba, I can't imagine him doing a lot on a battlefield.
0: I'm planning on, on using Jabba if I'm running, uh, just spoilers, if I'm running uh, Rebels as uh, scum until we get a scum faction because I think, you know, T-shirt saves better suit. Uh, just spoilers, I think my job is probably going to count as Leia because... <laughs> stand back and... Uh, stand back and do stuff. That or a generic officer. I mean, one or the other. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, it, get you'd get Maul and you'd... If, if that was what you were doing, I'd get Maul and I'd use him as, like, Luke or... um. Well, yeah, Luke.
0: Um, but yeah, so yeah, exactly.
1: Oper- yeah, but probably operative actually, to be to be honest, because um, he's not. I mean, he's he's definitely a leader in the in the, but um, maybe maybe next to Java, not so much.
0: Well, we'll see. Say, we'll say, uh, different syndicates, I think. But yeah, very excited yeah. about those coming out. Um, what else are you excited about?
1: Um, so, official things that are coming out. So, literally the day after we recorded our last episode, um, the Commander Droids and ARC Troopers were announced. Mm-hmm. And so, in that episode, we were talking about IG um, IG units and the uh, Magna Guard. Yep. And we, we, were, we were talking about all these different ways we might represent those on the tabletop. And then... The next day, they said, "Oh, by the way, commander droids are coming out, and, and yeah. you can either get them with shields or swords." I just thought the the ones with actually either would probably make really good magna guard until, uh, invariably, they will probably release magna guard anyway. But mm-hmm. for the time being, they'd make a good proxy. Um, and the arc troopers, um, both those models look really cool, um, and it really looks like. More, more more than anything except maybe the droids although people complain about those a lot uh but ffg seem to be really embracing the um the hobby side of things and the, yeah. and the customization side of things because it looks like it, it looks like there's a lot of options with those two units
0: yeah i can't wait man those droids uh, may be what takes me over to actually assembling all those b1s
1: right okay i haven't tried my b1s yet um <laughs> Is well, that, everyone keeps keep
0: complaining. complaining about them. So I'm like, Ugh. and I'm just
1: like, eh, amateurs.
0: <laughs> on one hand, yes. But on the other hand, I've been putting together Marvel Crisis Protocol models. And those are like Malifaux models where it's like, oh, God, this model is, you know, a slightly larger than Legion scale, but its head is in four pieces. Why? Why would you do that? Yeah, right. Okay. And they I mean, I ha- yeah. And apparently B1s are something similar, except not as bad, thank God. So, cause they're an army builder, but blah. Yeah. I need that. Like I need a hole in my head, but yeah, no, yeah. we'll get there. Uh, we've
1: also, and even more recently we had clan Ren and Inferno squad announced obviously Inferno yeah. squad. Um, we mentioned those, um, clan Wren, which like, to me is, is welcome. It sounds good. I'm, 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 I'm excited to have them Came a little out of less left field for me. Like yeah. I just thought that's maybe not, I don't know. Maybe I can't think of any other troops that the rebels will be using at the time, but, um, Clan Ren will be cool, don't get me wrong. Um, and, again, more cool options in terms of modelling and, and positioning and probably using them as different things as mm-hmm. well. Um, I'm not sure what options we'll have with Clan Ren, but um, yeah. if, if they don't have to have rocket packs, then it probably gives um, a more sort of close combat or close quarter squad uh, unit to the Rebels, which might give us a few more model uh, proxy options for
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think when we're looking at this, I know that some of you might be listening saying, but they've spoiled cards, you can talk about the synergies and all these things. Yes, this is not necessarily what we do as a podcast, though. Um, This is not the deep uh, analysis of the point value of each unit, and whether or not it's maximum efficiency. I think we're looking at it as a more of... This is amazing. I can't wait to build a story around some of these models like me with Inferno Squad. I'm absolutely going to build an army around that one squad and the one character. I haven't figured out what it is yet. I'm going to do it. <laughs> or, um, gee whiz, what can I use those rules slash models to build um, by cutting and converting? Um, because let's be honest, the, the list of models that are coming out Is gonna. I know it's gonna shake up the quote unquote meta. It'll change the way the game is played, but we're not necessarily playing in enough events to make it. You know, for that to make a huge difference in our lives, but to be able to open up more doors into the Star Wars universe is what gets our juices flowing. So that just for those who are joining us for the first time, that's the that's the lens in which we're exploring this, and I think. One of the things I'm most excited about, if I can take the podium there, Drew, for a sec, <laughs> is Vital Assets. And I know that it is, I is—I I can't wait. I love the mission combinations that exist in the game as there is. I love how those have been bulked out by some of the expansions, um, the the moisture evaporators— uh, the the bunker. I mean, there's all sorts the the crashed ATRT, and I know that some of those are quote unquote not for competitive play. But we're filthy casuals as, on a good day. So <laughs> for me, I'm just looking for cool new ways to play the game. And by adding so many different objective setup um, and special condition cards to the game. Um, a friend of mine said that it goes from like you go up to like 300 and some odd combinations that you can play in every single game um, the cards just expand that what the possibilities exponentially almost it seems um, but I love that the three new objective grabbing um, cards in that uh, aren't just, park and punch your opponent from a distance, you actually kind of need to move. And you need, it really um, encourages players to be mobile and to interact more, which I think is better for the game. Uh, and I think it's it's cool, and I'm, I'm excited because I, I think some of the army ideas that you and I sometimes throw around behind closed doors, <laughs> Drew, you know, would get laughed out of most competitive Legion conversations, but with these... Opportunities for missions, you know, with more variety, there's a lot more variety for people to experiment with army listing. And I think we can start. I know that the conversation about the most efficient unit is going to stay around forever. It's part of the DNA of the culture and the community of the game. But I really am happy that more opportunities exist for more types of armies to get out there. And I'm really excited about that because it means that, you know, narrative designed armies um, and really cool, weird themes, look, they become, quote-unquote, more viable, which, you know, is great mm. for the game. So I'm I'm super excited. I think, not to mention the the models that come with that look great. The Neimoidian, um, the random rebel captive who I'm absolutely going to convert and use in my scum army. You know, gen- I'm looking for generic Star Wars models here, kids. And so I'm absolutely going to use her. And all the other bits and pieces, I, I'm really looking forward to that. I think that is the thing that is so exciting. Uh, I cannot wait. So yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Drew. Sorry.
1: No, it's I, I completely agree with you. Obviously, <laughs> um, I think like the, the the competitive side of play is is not something that I sort of look down on or, or deride. Like that, that right? Super exactly. Important. That that's that gives longevity to a game. I think mm, definitely. I, I, without some kind of um community or or structure for play a game is not really going to take off so true uh, I, I i i appreciate and enjoy that side of of the game um it's just not what i'm good at if i was gonna i'm not gonna uh get on a podcast and talk about something which i know there are plenty of other people out there who do really well talk, yeah <laughs> do much better than i could mm-hmm. um and so here's, here's the, just what we're this is just what we know. Yeah. This is what we're doing. This is our um, wheelhouse.
0: Yeah. If you want, yeah. I mean, the fifth troopers out there, Jedi hunters, uh, whatever else you want to, what other, the big competitive Legion podcasts. Hell, there's even a, a new one in Australia that I'm excited about listening to. Um, they, yeah. I, those are the guys to listen to. They absolutely know what goes with what best we're the guys who are doing,
1: <laughs> we're going to make it look pretty.
0: Yeah. And we're going to have some goddamn Ewoks somewhere, but we're going to get to that later in this episode. But anyway, <laughs> <Spoilers>. <laughs> all right. Um, um Drew, what, is there anything else that you're excited about?
1: Probably only, only to round that out. Um, we, had, we had Cassian and K2, which, which are kind of two, I really love K2. So, um, I might try yeah. and get my hands on that. I don't know if I can use it without Cassian. Like Cassie, cool, but not like not stand out to me. Um, Oh, new t- new show maybe about Cassie, which I'm yes. interested in that. Um, oh, totally. Sorry, i will talking about shows here. Maybe I'll come back to that one. Um, but the the ATRT and STAP got announced as well. Yeah. Um, ATRT seemed fairly obvious. Yeah. Just like use the same mold, different pilot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it is the same mold, but that would be the easy way to do it. Yep. Um, the STAP seemed like
0: um, a no brainer.
1: Yeah. And I and I and I thought it was when the Clone Wars box came out, I thought it was like 50-50, they did droidicas or stabs because exactly. they're both kind of, they're both there from the beginning. And yeah. both kind of a similar, not not the same role, but similar kind of mm. um, elite droid, but not without being, not without, yeah, still droids. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And so I guess the, the other thing I was alluding to there, which again is not game related, but just really cool is um, all this talk of an Ahsoka. Um hmm cameo in the mandalorian season two and then potentially her own spin-off as well which is which is brilliant um and played by rosario dawson which That's is just the brilliant. most brilliant casting ever
0: um, Yeah, people love or hate that casting just about everyone i know loves it but my wife not so much she's like rosario can't she keep her fingers out of a science fiction nerd fandom i said really uh no. no. <laughs> anyway. apparently she was uh i
1: i've i've um because i'm enth- so enthusiastic about ahsoka i uh, ordered myself um and ahsoka from skull forge oh yes yeah. so looking forward to painting that up and putting it slipping it into my rebel list somehow That's right yep um so the other thing which fits within our um i guess within our domain um which came out since our last episode was the modification to line of sight rules? Um, yes. So one of my one of my massive bugbears about any game system, um, and th- this is definitely a biased view, um, but I I hate true line of sight in any game system. I think it's um, I think it's a really limiting rule, um, and I find it I find it quite lazy in terms of in terms of game design um, because in, instead of coming up with some sort of consistent standard for measuring line of sight. Um, the rule that just says, use the model, use the terrain, and work out what the actual line of sight is. I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't take into consideration anyone's terrain set. It doesn't take into consideration, um, conversions that people might do on their models. Mm -hmm. And, um, being, being who we are, you and I, um, we don't want to be limited in what we can do with our hobby. That's right. Um, So to, to have to worry about modeling or or modifying for, for advantage or to worry about being accused of that is, is annoying. Mm -hmm. Um, And so true line of sight to me just puts, it puts limitations on what you can do with your hobby because everything still has to kind of be like the old model, even though you're trying to change things. Um, So you can't reposition things. You can't, uh, build your bases up and have like cool uh, scenic bases
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, it also it also to an extent and I, like, not that i've seen anyone do this but if you want to take it to its extreme you could probably start um paying more for an advantage in the game in that you know in a stormtrooper squad you have one kneeling stormtrooper so if you buy yes if you buy six boxes of stormtroopers for your six squads you get six kneeling stormtroopers. So I'm gonna go out and buy thirty-six boxes of stormtroopers. Um sell all but the
0: now um mm-hmm. thirty-six or trade away, yeah.
1: Yeah. So now I've got thirty-six kneeling stormtrooper models. They're all legitimate stormtrooper models. Um and I'm gonna use all thirty-six of them in my Imperial Army. Uh, this is all hypothetical, by the way. <laughs> um yes. and there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that as far as the rules are concerned. It before the new changes and yet that's clearly unfair yeah it's uh, not it's in the spirit of the
0: game th- yeah exactly no
1: and so to to have a system that makes that kind of thing and i know that's that's it, extreme it's ludicrous but um <laughs> yeah that's that's kind of the system that's what the system's kind of pointing you towards if someone really wanted to win or someone wanted to get those small advantages they could do that mm-hmm. um and i can think of as examples from other game systems
0: which I'm not going to do. Um, well, if I can, if I may, um, well, and sure. I think I mentioned this possibly the last time. God, it's been a long time. I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, guys. Um, a long time ago, um, I used to play competitive 40K at the, at the quote-unquote cutting-edge... Um, of competitive play. I played in the Masters events, played in a lot of big events. And the last time I played an event called Ar- or called Arcanicon, I played with an army that was swamp orcs. And I had all my orcs with swamp skimmers, and um, big monster trucks. And um, my battle wagon was a houseboat and I had orcs crawling out of the water, and I used water effect ad nauseum, and I spent a really long time hobbying that army, and I loved that army, but a lot of people, because I was playing at the competitive edge, and it was Australia's largest uh, 40K tournament at the time, um, and I did end up winning it, I had some people give me grief saying that I modeled my army to advantage for line of sight um, because... You know, oh, he won, but he's using models that are half coming out of the base. Now, when I played that, I actually had a dolly. Um, I had a painted orc standing up straight, which is funny because orcs, if you look at them back then, were all sort of hunched forward anyway. But I had an orc standing up, and when everyone was looking at line of sight, I would put the dolly either next to or in place of the model they were looking to shoot and it was never an issue. Now, what FFG has done is literally that. They have said if you are playing in competitive play and line slash of sight is an issue. Slash, slash if
1: you and I are playing.
0: Right. Slash <laughs> if you and I are playing. Um, you here is the exact dimensions of the dolly that replaces or that that is the silhouette of the model that you were shooting at. So yeah. Sorry, which it's just, it's so
1: straightforward. It's so simple. It fixes a whole bunch of problems. Um, and I, I think it's brilliant. Um, I haven't yet done this, but I plan to make some, uh, to make some that look like the, the kind of displays in the rebel war room, like with the sort of those glass displays with the kind of green, uh, uh, solar systems kind of superimposed on them. Mm. -hmm figure out how to do that but etsy's been
0: busy you can order them
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i see it like as soon as i said it someone else had already done it but anyway i'll just try and do my own um but so yeah it's just you just prop the dolly up behind your model and it's a it's a rectangle with a notch in the top if you can see the rectangle you can see uh you can see that model Mm -hmm. and then if you look through the notch in the rectangle that's the that's the model's eye if you can see something from that notch you can see the opponent, the, the opposing model, regardless of what you can actually see of the model. Um, if the if you could draw a line from the notch to uh to the uh rectangle behind your opponent's model, mm-hmm. then you then you can see, it. yeah, you can see it. It's clear. Um, I like it. It's it's clear. It's unambiguous. Um, it doesn't make any assumptions about people's models or terrain. It just it's just that's the rule it's consistent now and i i i I applaud that and i know there have been a lot of people complaining about it saying oh now that chewbacca and r2d2 have the same profile that's stupid i'm just
0: it's spoilers i'm going to bring up ewoks in a minute but yep go ahead
1: (laughs) well you know okay i'll i'll convert chewbacca to be kneeling because you know
0: that -hmm. would look cool it would
1: um but then that'd be modeling for advantage and but that leads us back to why is that why should that be a penalty why should that be a penalty like exactly. why should i be penalized for making my you know making taking effort to make my army look more interesting which hopefully would everyone would everyone would be happy with that well let's
0: but, let's talk about clan ren you know a second ago they were all on jetpacks and that made them you know stick up out of above everything else and no that that would have been bad until 5 minutes ago and now it's fine
1: yeah, so I think I think the Arc Troopers came out the first with the exact same issue, um, which is when uh, which is when FFG kind of hinted that they would be moving towards a um an abstracted line of sight yeah system, um basically saying that because because those flight stands were completely optional for Arc Troopers and mm-hmm. and the Clan Ren, then we're going to have to adjust the line of sight rules to to accommodate that, but in doing that, they've accommodated a whole bunch of modeling options now. That's right. Which means your know, tip of your lightsaber is not giving you away anymore, which again, mm-hmm. it's a dramatic pose. It looks cool. No, it's not how Luke would stand if he was trying to take cover behind something, but if, if all your models looked like they were trying to take cover, that'd be boring or maybe not boring, but it would. if every army looked like that, it'd be boring.
0: It would be very boring. Well, Drew, I think we've kind of beaten that one into the dirt. Um, <laughs> shall we uh, Shall we continue with our, uh, I would say, weekly or episodely
1: Episode.
0: uh, challenge, trivia, trivia challenge? Uh, would you like to go first? So you reminded me before we went on today that we are in a dead heat again. I had an Still. advantage, and I turkeyed it out. I completely whiffed. And so today again we are pulling cards out of an old Star Wars trivia game. Uh Drew has taken two cards, I've taken two cards and out of 10 questions, we have chosen the five best. Now, because we are pulling these out of Trivial Pursuit, the questions are almost universally pants. Um however, we're doing the best we can. So bear with <laughs> like, us as they we you, ask. They usually
1: questions. vary between actually vary between like like so trivial it, it kind yeah. of makes you look oh yeah, of course, trivial pursuit. These questions are trivial. Mm-hmm. All the way to, like, no one would know that unless they yeah. were, kind of had the movie in front of their face right now. But um, yeah. they're not all that bad. Um, otherwise, we
0: wouldn't do this. This that's, is fun. That's right. All so right. 50-50. So, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first?
1: I'll ask you, I'll ask you a question. Okay, hit me. Um, question one. Yes, sir. Who interrupts Han Solo and Princess Leia's kiss following the destruction of the second Death Star?
0: Oh, damn it. I was gonna say uh 3PO, but that's an empire. Um it's either 3PO or it's like Wicket, I think. I'm gonna go with 3PO just cuz.
1: Ah, uh, no, it's Wicket. <laughs> damn it. Okay.
0: Uh, you that's didn't all right.
1: name the correct answer. Yeah, all right. pretty good. Um all right, cool. Hit me.
0: All right, here we go. First question, who startles his mate by proclaiming loudly, I don't care if they know we're married. Uh, Anakin? Yes. I am just thrown away, but this is clearly an Australian version of the game because he threatens his, you know, he startles (laughs) his mate. so distracting. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead.
1: (laughs) Mate. Um... All right, my next question. Um, Which planet is the site of Mace Windu's final battle? Coruscant. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was like, God, is that a trick question? Okay. Okay. (laughs) I just wanted to
1: show some Mace love there.
0: Yeah, thank you. Purple lightsabers. Uh, Who survives a crash landing on Coruscant uh, and then jokes another happy landing? Uh, would that
1: be obi-wan
0: yes it is Whew. yeah was it that it was 50 50 had to be one or the other
1: yeah and i was just thinking like have you got have you gone through a theme and like anakin is the answer to all your questions but then like no, that that sounds like obi-wan sass
0: to me <laughs> yes it does obi-wan the sassiest jedi go ahead
1: <laughs> all right Who hands Queen Amidala the Globe of Peace during the victory celebration on Naboo? Uh,
0: Is it... Boss Nass? It's Boss Nass.
1: Yes! Oh, wait, no. No? No.
0: No. Is it it Jar Jar? It's
1: it's Sia Bibble. It's that that old guy with the white beard.
0: Oh, no.
1: I got the question wrong, but...
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh, boo for me. Um, okay. Who, sorry, which separatist leader wields a long bone and is rumored to be the remains of a rival as his command staff? So the long bone is rumored to be the remains of a rival. So which separatist leader carries around a long bone that's rumored to be the remains of a rival?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, i'm i'm kind of metering this question here but i think it's one thing but i'm probably going to say grievous because that's too it'll be too left field to, to go with the other option
0: what's it's the grievous? other option
1: um pogo to lesser
0: yeah it's pogo oh yeah. so.
1: okay I know, but I went with I went with Grievous. You went with Grievous, so Grievous. Went,
0: yeah. So there's I, I there went, were two Poggle possible questions, and I was like, no one's going to know the name of Poggle, but clearly you did. So, oops.
1: <laughs> I bought my I bought it at the off the um the Attack of the Clones visual guide, mm-hmm. and my son has been like like pouring over it. He's he's really enjoying reading that. So I I'll, have that yeah, in my classroom.
0: Look. Kids love okay. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, w- uh. Oh right, no, it's you, now, Your it? turn.
1: Yep. Oh wait, where did the question go? That I wanted. Um, oh, who addresses Princess Leia as "Your Royal Highness" when she appears at the Ewok
0: village? Royal Highness. Um, that would either be Han Solo or. 3PO. I'm going to go with a sarcastic Han Solo. No, it's 3PO. Damn it. I can't. Oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> ah, I am not having a good week. Ah, which Jedi is chastised by Yoda for referring to the battle on Geonosis as a victory? Obi-Wan? Yep. Woof. Dude, you're killing it. I'm getting buried. Go uh, ahead. I got two to
1: your one. Uh, last one. Who confirms that Han Solo has survived
0: his carbon freezing? Uh, Boba Fett. No, Lando. Oh, my God. I cannot believe I dicked that. Lando's my favorite character. Oh, <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Uh, okay, I give up. Um, who pilots the sand skiff away from the Sarlacc pit? Ooh, uh, Luke. No, uh, Lando.
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> All right.
0: Yep. that was the your obligatory time... Lando question. I always try and sneak <laughs> Lando in wherever I can. He's my f- I, yeah, literally yeah, my, my favorite thing, yeah. Star Wars character. Maybe what?
1: I think from now on we just like. If one of the questions is answer is answerable with Lando, then it should be asked.
0: Yeah, that or uh, um, Billy no. D. Williams uh, plugging cult forty five malt liquor. I think that's the other answer. <laughs> but anyway, going ahead.
1: I um, oh, did you see, I saw a really good sketch on? Um, like it was an SNL sketch and it had um, Donald Glover, mm-hmm. like in in character with Lando, addressing like the the first galactic, like convention for people of color and it's just like four people
0: (laughs) yeah it's not like the uh yeah a lot of aliens take a lot of yeah Mm. racial diversity in star wars is not where we're gonna go in this podcast drew where are we gonna go what's the theme of this episode take me away
1: okay uh we didn't start off well we probably hinted at it a fair bit through the episode but today um we're gonna go back to the uh original trilogy and talk about uh, the Battle of Endor,
0: goddamn wickets. Sp-
1: specifically, the um, the ground battle, because you know the yeah. space battle is not part of this game. Exactly. <laughs> as cool as that, as, as cool as that battle was too. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what's our what's our background here? Why 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 are we fighting a ground battle on on uh, Endor? Well, I think it, most people most people probably know that, but we'll yeah. we'll give a quick rundown anyway.
0: Did you want me to answer that question, or are you doing that?
1: No, you got, you got her, you got her.
0: Okay, so the whole purpose, and this is the MacGuffin that uh, that is the plot point of Empire Strikes, uh, sorry, of uh, Return of the Jedi, is that the Empire is creating a second Death Star in quote unquote secret around the moon of Endor. Um, now, the the big thing with that though is. Um,
1: Many Bothans found out about it?
0: Yes. And then they pass that along. Of course, it's a trap. And the Empire sets up to spring the trap to uh, end the rebellion. And so you have tons of major players making this scene. Because, of course, it's the culmination of the original trilogy. They want to get as many characters as they can in. Mm-hmm. And so on one hand, on the Rebel side, you have all the heroes coming. Because this is a last-ditch effort. Everyone's coming out to play. Um to try and knock the second Death Star out and end the Empire, and um, do they know the Emperor's there? I don't remember. I don't think so.
1: No, they they do. The um, because Mon Mothma says at the beginning, like we've we've just learned that the Emperor
0: himself is okay, um,
1: is overseeing the final stages. So yeah, but, so yeah, to end I think that's that. why they're so desperate.
0: Yeah, and that's why everyone comes out to play. Meanwhile, because it's a giant trap, um, we have all the major players on the Empire as well. And it's the first time that some major, what we now know as canon Imperial units... Uh, makes an appearance. I mean, we have seen ATSTs in the Battle of Hoth uh, from a distance, but we really do get to see them in earnest in this battle. And we also get the scout troopers for the first time and the speeder bikes. And so some of the units that we are, are, I guess, are integral to the Star Wars Legion tabletop experience, if you are playing Imperials, for example, they come from this, this battle. This is the first time they're seen, and uh, yeah, so it, it's a very important battle. Of course, if you want to find out how it ends, watch Return of the Jedi. Um, however, it's it's very, from an Imperial standpoint, um, I, I love all the bits and pieces that were in this. I, I didn't nece- Empire is still my favorite of the trilogy, uh, but I did love this uh, battle scene um, because I thought it was the first time you got to see... Like outside of the battle for Echo Base, which we did in our very first episode, um, it's the very first time you see en masse Imperial assaults. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, so yeah, I loved it as a kid. It's a great battle. It's very evocative. Tons of people connect with it because they watched it as children. And it's just one of those things that if you really want to make a cool themed army... This is a great battle to do that because you have so many options. Now, Drew, I, so, I could I could go on for days about the Imperials, and I'm sure I will. But please, talk to us about your side of the preamble, and then take us into the rebellion.
1: Um, I was just going to say I finished just recently finished watching the original trilogy with my uh, with my older son. Uh, he's seven years old. I've mentioned him a few times now. He's seven years old for context. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, he. He sat through episode four, um, but I don't think he particularly enjoyed it. Like, yeah. like he didn't dislike it, but I think there's still a bit too much dialogue there that he was not getting that made it a bit of a, a bit boring for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, naturally, Empire was like super dialogue heavy, which uh, yeah. was even harder for him and, and to watch scarier. That <laughs> yeah. We watched that in two sittings, and the second half was a bit of a, like a bit of a, a battle, which is a shame. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, Return of the Jedi, he was enthralled with that and sat through it for, the whole
0: the whole time. And that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah. So, um, teddy bears.
1: Yeah, yeah. When everyone says it was 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 to sell toys, I'm like, yeah, cool. It worked. Um, (laughs) Yes. um, I think that was like. Of, of the movies, that was probably the hook one for him, which yeah. um, considering it took, what, like six years to to, to get to that point um, historically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyway, he, he, he loved it, and I loved watching it with him. Um, it was really nice watching, I don't know if this is going to sound weird, but like just watching it with him father-son and then watching all the father-son stuff on screen, I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: it's weird. Um,
1: yeah.
0: I thought, for me, it was an interesting movie because it was the first Star Wars movie that I looked forward to. Um, When I was a kid, I watched, as I said before, they re-released Empire. uh, Sorry, I re-released A New Hope right before they released Empire. And Empire I watched when I was, God, six. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I got to see, you know, A New Hope. And then a couple weeks later, I got to see Empire for the first time, both in the cinema. And it blew my mind. Changed the way I looked at the world. And then... I then had to wait for the third one. And I was like, but, yeah, but, tell me. So the big reveal of Vader being Luke's dad spoilers um, for me Sorry, was I like, yeah, I, I mean, I watched it and was like, oh, okay. That's cool. But, but I'd only known the, the whole franchise for like a month. So for me, it was like, oh, that's great. But, you know i didn't have the build up that a lot of other people did but for me waiting for jedi and then getting the Java scene at the beginning was amazing so for me the palace is my favorite part of the movie uh the beginning but the battle for endor at the end is absolutely primo um so drew talk to us i'm i'm rambling T- talk to us a little bit about the battle of endor
1: um so the the rebels land their small strike team Um, who are going to go in, um, knock out the key target of the uh, shield generator Mm -hmm. on Endor.
0: And then get out of moon.
1: Yeah. And so there is no, there is no intention of actually having a battle, so to speak. There's, it's, it's supposed to be, um, it's supposed to be stealthy. It's supposed to be quick. It's supposed to be in and out and done. But uh, we get a few spanners in the works. Um, Uh, not least of which is, as you just mentioned, the whole thing's a trap and the Empire knows they're coming. It's a trap. <laughs> so they get to the point where they're laying charges before being surrounded by Imperial troops and escorted back out of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything looks dire. But I guess the other spanner in the works is that um, on the night before this mission's supposed to take place, Luke um, steals off and hands himself in. Mm-hmm. which um i don't know had luke been had luke been on the ground he probably would have made a fairly bit of, he, he probably would have um maybe he could have knocked out the shield generator but he certainly wouldn't have had a chance to redeem his father so obviously that's that's important to him
0: um but we would have had luke v vader in that battle because the only reason vader left the surface was because luke went with him to the Emperor. Oh, so, that's true. That's true. So, if I mean, if you were going to play out the Battle of Endor and you wanted to do a what-if, that might be a neat left hook.
1: That'd be cool, yeah. So have Luke and Vader down there on the ground with, with
0: mm-hmm. their respective
1: forces. Um, you probably wouldn't get the Redemptions in the head. You'd probably get one of them killing the other. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. but the, but the Empire probably would have died. Uh, the, the Emperor probably would have died either way because if, if Luke had been on the ground... I don't know. Maybe Vader would be in the um, in the bunker as well, defected, they're def- defending uh, the shield generator. Who knows? Um, fun to talk about. But anyway, so the um, the the Rebel strike team at this point, led by um, by Leia, Han, and Chewie, I suppose you might call. Mm-hmm. What his- Doing his operative thing.
0: I think um, it's technically General Solo who's uh, taking that mission. But, leader. You know, if I'm gonna get my sweaty neck beard out, I think that's where <laughs> I think that's who's technically leading that mission.
1: Uh, I thought I'd name Leia first because like whatever her rank was, she's clearly um, despite what she says about Han being a natural leader, she is clearly a better leader than Han.
0: Every day of the week oh. and twice on Saturday, <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> um so yeah, they get escorted out of the building and they're plonked right outside the bunker. And there's, there's maybe a dozen or so rebels. I, I can't remember mm-hmm. what the sort of scale of their force Some. is. Um, so? A shuttle's worth. Yeah. Um, who gets surrounded by like squads and squads of scouts, of um, stormtroopers, um, probably half a dozen ATSTs.
0: And some officers, a, some communications some office, officers, uh, and we scout do bikers. W- you scout bikers, but we also see a unit type that has not appeared in the game. Um, and those are like the imperial version of fleet troopers. Now, they you see them in the bunker more than you see them out of the bunker, but they're still there yeah, in yeah. the black uniforms, sort of imperial army. Um, and those models do exist, kids. If you are looking for them, um, you can find them. I believe Skullforge makes them, not to sound like a broken record, but yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Skullforge. Um,
1: yeah. So, yeah, we see those. And that'd be... I don't know, they're, they're cool, but again, probably the same complaint I have about um, fleet troopers. They just seem out of place on um, yeah, on most ground battles. Yes. It's like they're, they're security forces, yeah? like. <laughs> Yeah. Um whatever, they're fine. Um but it's at this point that the uh that the uh the rebels feel that the mission is over. Mm. Um but then it turns out that the Ewoks that they had befriended only only days day before mm-hmm. um
0: The indigenous secre- species.
1: Yeah the indigenous um bug eyed te- teddy bears had <laughs> had secretly been planning um, a, a counter-strike of their own and surround the surrounding Imperial forces and the battle proper ensues.
0: That's right. So, Drew, <laughs> um, you did mention the teddy bears. Did you want me to talk about if I was to field Imperials or did you want to talk about Rebels first? How do you want to go?
1: Um, I just spent a bit of time talking. You tell me, what, what would you take in an Imperial Endor list? Well, and we,
0: I did mention... How would you equip it? Oh, sorry, how would you
1: build it? So, how would you equip it, and how would you hobby it?
0: So, um, there's, so it, just looking through the troop list officially of who was present and accounted for, they did have ATATs, but of course we don't would have that in Legion yet. But ATSTs um, were integral part of that. It was just, a, it was just
1: a painting at the time.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, not really a a mini. Well, yeah. I'm again. You can get a 3D printed one, but I'm not going to recommend you have that for the Battle Vendor. Um, you have the ATSD, obviously. Stormtroopers in spades. Uh, you would have scout troopers. Absolutely, you would have scout bikers. Uh, mm-hmm. Imperial officers, communications officers, everything I listed before, and. Something that was not actually in the movie but has been added to Canon. And I know you have an addition to Canon for yours as well. But the yeah. something that was recently added to Canon was Inferno Squad. Uh Eden Verso and Inferno Squad are on uh are, are part of the Battle of Endor. Um after the Super Star Destroyer crashes into the Death Star, um, the head of the internal security uh oh, it's the ISB uh, Bureau, um, orders Eden and her squad to eliminate the rebels. Uh, and so they start attacking the rebels um, and then when they fail, um, or they realize they fail when the Death Star explodes and then they fight their way to a landing pad, get in TIE Fighters and flee. Uh, and that is a part of the game. And that's it, you can play that, The you're part of that in the Battlefield 2 video game. But um, there are some great cutscenes on YouTube if you are not interested in playing the game, but you still wanna see some great action um, and you wanna see what Inferno Squad looks like and what their gear looks like. It's some pretty great uh, animation. So, anyway. So I would, uh, how would I field? Uh, I would absolutely include an ATST. It's such an iconic part of that battle. I, I couldn't imagine yeah. not putting that in there. Um, and I'm not talking about playing for advantage. But if we're going to talk about a board that's going to be filled up with lots of area terrain and fallen trees and those giant trees, having something that can peer over stuff... Um, just like you saw in the movie, is a great asset. Um, apparently heavy weapons troopers were also present. Um, E-webs were also present for the battle. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily have an E-web in this force. Uh, I would definitely have a bunch of stormtroopers. I would have to have an Imperial officer, uh, maybe not as a leader, uh, maybe just as a squad leader or two. But if I was to say that, then who would lead the force? I don't believe Eden has that capability. So I would absolutely put an Inferno Squad in only because I really want to. I don't know if I would have Eden possibly um, only, you know, if I had the points. But since I'm already plinking a whole lot of points into that ATST, uh even though they came down in price a while ago, I, I don't know. Uh I basically for me a squad of uh, scout troopers, definitely. Uh, a, squ- a squad, uh, a scout sniper team, because that's the sort of board where you would have a sniper team. I would definitely have a, a wall of stormtroopers and an AT ST. And I think that's me. I mean, I would keep it fairly simple.
1: Um, um, my, only, my only inclusion would be some bike squads. Oh,
0: of Those course. Of course. They are an integral part of that. And yes, definitely. Although it would be kind of cool to leave the ATST out and have a couple of scout squads, um have a couple of um biker squads and have Inferno squad and make it you know a more special forces almost squad, mm-hmm. but for me I think the ATST and a wall of stormtroopers would probably be you know about as subtle as I get with the rules at the moment. <laughs>
1: um would you would you have any do you feel that there would be any particular equipment or skills that you'd um, that you'd give the troops just to uh, flavor them? I, I can't think of any of myself, but
0: um. yeah, I don't know. Maybe because of the um, the card that allows units to deploy slightly forward, um, only to give the the. Um, just that that aspect of like being able to out-deploy their enemy because they're ambushing. But again, okay. it depends on the mission. Um, I, I mean, I normally have some cards up my sleeve that I would add to a Force, but I was thinking a lot about this battle, and I'm sure that someone on the internet is screaming at me, telling me I'm being an idiot for missing something, but no. I think this time I would... <laughs> this is a Force, maybe because I watched it as a kid and I have very clear ideas of what kind of Force I'd want, I'm looking at pure vanilla, boring... Wall of stormtroopers, probably a cheapest chips leader, ATST, um, and just pound people with it, and I think that's about as far as I go. Mm-hmm. So, oh. so Drew, uh, talk to me about my fuzzy little friends. Um, <laughs>
1: we'll get there. I think this is so, going to be um, the
0: more interesting part of the conversation. Yes, go ahead. Uh,
1: p- the potentially controversial, but um, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: I would be taking. Um, uh, and this is to be tempered by point sizes because I'm just going to list everything that I would like to take here. It might not be feasible, but that's 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 a conversation for another time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Han, Leia, uh, I have Luke here for our hypothetical, but um, for the battle proper, probably not, but um, depending on, on which period we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But Han, Leia, I've got Chewie here as well, which you know, is an obvious inclusion. That's um, a lot
0: of points, yep.
1: But I was thinking, as a um, this is not this would not be tournament legal. But um, getting a finding a second hand or, or or a second Chewie and um, getting myself an ATST and including that in my uh, in my rebel list. That'd be fun. So obviously this is not this is not to be played at a at a tournament or any kind of event. Uh, but uh, during the battle, Chewie does commandeer an ATST and mm-hmm. does some. Uh, does some nice work with it. And that would be a cool conversion. Um, maybe I'd magnetize the Chewy on top just so that mm-hmm. I, that I, I'm not committing to a, an illegal uh, model.
0: Still, man, um, I think if you are, if you're going to go to the, especially once we get into modeling it, once, if you commit to like an indoor board and you really want to go indoor heavy, I think uh, I think that if you're doing that with the rebels and you really want to go nuts, I think that's a good way of going. Yeah,
1: I I I, I think that would be fine. Um, maybe maybe Chewy out the top and a couple of um, space teddies sticking out the front windows or something, but just just for a laugh. Um, I would also include a generic commander. And I'm not sure whether I'd have him by himself or probably probably attached to a unit, um, but. This would be Rexy Rexy, yes. Because um, I, I I have it on, I'm, I'm reasonably sure this is true that um, there's a there's one of the extras uh, in the Rebel Strike team uh, is an older looking guy with a big white beard moustache, mm-hmm. wearing just a commando uniform, and apparently he has been retconned as um, as still serving Rex
0: um, from. Uh, so uh, I looked it he, up. He... It, it is. It's supposed to be Rex. Uh, well, yeah. they've, it has been redcond. Yes, that is Rex. Rex is in the Battle of Endor as Re- one of the Rexconned. Rebel Commandos. Has been, Yes, he's been Rexcond.
1: Um, and I it's it's kind of weird because that that actor looks like he's um looks fairly clearly Caucasian, but um because his, his hair is so bright white, his skin might be darker. It's kind of hard to tell, but but also Rex. Rex, just despite being played by a um, um, uh, Maori actor, Maori, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping I hope I'm getting that right. I'm sorry. Um, uh, should have somewhat darker skin, but yes, whatever. Um, but it, if you looks, if
0: you make the jump to Rebels, where Rex appears in Rebels, he
1: as an he, old
0: as, yeah. veteran, like it's it's the out. jump between the two um between Rex and the Clone Wars and then Rex in the Battle of Endor and I would almost say that the uh the Rebels version you know has the beard is a little chubbier um and I would say is probably lighter skin than what you yeah. would actually see um the clones being in the actual movies
1: Yeah cuz he's he'd, he'd be getting on a bit now I mean it's hard to say how old a clone is because they don't age like um like non-clones do, right? But it's it's a good chance his skin would have f- faded, but he's still fighting in, a, in, elite, in an elite unit. So good on him. I thought it was funny. It reminds me a bit of um, um, Robert Baratheon from from Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's like doesn't fit into his breastplate anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looks like they've removed that lower portion of his um, of his cloned sugar.
0: Yes, uh, for those who have seen the. Uh bad lip reading yep continue yep
1: um so um and just i'll just press the uh the, the uh soundbite button that skullforge does a um does a uh, a rebel a rebel era Rex. um so i'd either use that model or use the use the model that comes in the uh um in the base in the base game like the base rebel trooper uh, squad has that guy in it yes or at least or at least someone that you could paint like that mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure it's supposed to be him um he would definitely be in my army because he's there on the battle end or in the movie only in the background but i still like rex so he's in there um i'm thinking aggressive tactics for rex um just sort of helping out the people around him because that's kind of what rex does um that's his thing obviously mm-hmm. i can't include all those rules hey oh, oh if I'm using models from outside the faction, I probably just use Rex himself. But um, most of his synergies work with clone troopers, which there aren't any of in the um, Battle of Endor, except Rex. Um, I'd probably uh, choose a mix of armor, of um, equipment, and skills. But recon intel I'd probably use quite liberally because mm-hmm. um, where we're shown many sort of parts of that force moving off by themselves and then getting to position at the start of the battle, so mm-hmm. I'll probably use that. Um, I would take um, I would take rebel commandos. Um, I probably wouldn't go with the sniper squads. I'd probably go with the demo charge squads yeah. or whatever that upgrade is. Um, just because it fits the, the it fits the uh, source material more. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a maybe a sniper, but I don't. It just doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like the rebels are are prepared in that kind of way in the movie. Like. They're definitely caught cool, unawares. Um, no one's in a position to kind of um, offer them cover when they do get surrounded. Yeah. So, uh, sniper rifles don't seem don't seem to fit the theme to me. Um, the last thing that I would include, uh, I take my my I pay my core tax, which um, usually I don't mind taking core troops in Star Wars Legion. Or this is one case, one place where I would, and possibly if we were stretching the rules, I'd say not to take them because. Um, really, the rebel component to this, to this force is minimal in the movie. Yeah. Um, it's just a couple of named characters and then like one or two squads at most of rebel commandos, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bulk of the army is made up by everyone's favorite space teddies, the Ewoks. Ewoks. Um, and so I was. I'm in an area about how I do this, and then it hit me. And I was kind of inspired by. Um, by the movie trivia is that the Ewoks were originally supposed to be Wookiees and this mm. Ender was originally supposed to be Kashyyyk. Yes. Um, and it made a lot more sense that the Wookiees would kind of step in and help. But um, as it turns out, like, a Wookiee costume is apparently more uh, difficult to produce than an Ewok costume. But when I come to think about it, um, it's, it wouldn't be that much more difficult, would it?
0: Uh, the Ewoks um, are covered by a lot of rags. If I can just point that out, they're probably easier to make. Not to mention, yeah. the hair on the Wookies is probably a lot longer, and you probably have to find more people who are that tall. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I look. I'm. I, know, like,
1: I reckon you get away with having like normal sized, like you know, normal sized people in in Wookie costumes, as opposed to trying to find a bunch of um, really short actors to play the, the Ewoks. Well, they used to bunch of kids, didn't they? So yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, inspired by that trivia, I thought, hey, what if we got um, got our Ewok models? Um, I, pr- I mean, you could probably just stick one on a base and call it a Wookiee. I'm like, uh, that's a little bit. That's pushing it a little bit, and um, that's it <laughs> yeah, it's pushing a little bit. Can I justify? Yeah, but um, I used to play Kings of War, and. In that game, there was something which I really liked, which is multi-basing. We'd stick all your models on mm-hmm. one base and just move it around as a single single formation. Um, so I would say, okay, let's take our um, 30 mil base, whatever it is, and stick maybe two or three Ewoks on there yeah. and call that a Wookiee. And now I'm starting to sort of feel a bit more justified. I'm like, oh, that, that works. Um, it, yeah, you know, it's probably still not perfect, but it's not that far off. Like, I can see three Ewoks jumping on a Stormtrooper and... and mobbing it and mm-hmm. and taking, uh, taking it down. Um, in terms of the Wookiee Bowcaster, um, no, the Ewoks didn't have any kind of heavy weaponry like that, at least not no. not the sort of heavy weaponry that we carried by um, an individual. But they had so many traps and, um, and defenses set up around the forest that you could just argue that you, you could just say like, you know, cu- firing my Bowcaster right now, that just represents a trap being set off and attacking yeah whatever I'm shooting i'm shooting at I, it's, or
0: you could have got, a catapult or something set off on the other side of the board, and you can say, and this is him calling in that
1: a, catap- a catapult strike yeah or like signalling chop the chop the branch chop the ropes and um mm-hmm. and drop the log trap i
0: like, I like where you're going with this i I'm I think it's – I'd want to see it, I think, but I think it's – I think it's the best alternative because I was looking at the rebel cards and I was thinking, yeah, I mean, they're kind of deadly in groups, in like close combat, so the – if you were to count them as, like, basic rebel troopers, but then the shooting. Rebel troopers are way too accurate in shooting to be Ewoks.
1: Yeah. Like, they've got the slings, which they yeah, really they... don't look like they're doing much to the stormtroopers in the movie. Like, exactly. The rocks are just, like, pinging off their armor. Um but I think that, I think two or three Ewoks not too much of a stretch to stand in as a, as a Wookiee. Like.
0: Yeah, I would say um, three, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, this is one of those things, though, that um, I think this, I mean, I'm honestly surprised this far into the game. We're not seeing Ewoks. I know that's weird. Maybe I am not that surprised, but I, I would, I'd, I'd imagine that if they put out Ewoks, you'd see... A lot of people wanting to either love them or hate them, and I think the loving <laughs> and the hating would even out so you'd get decent sale. I mean, you'd get a nice even sale across the. I mean, look how many people bought Tauntauns for crying out loud. Um, I think, yeah, I, I'd love to see Ewoks actually in the game. Um, this is one of the times that I wish FFG would step up and do something like that. Um, there's very few things in the game, low bot that Lando that I really want in the game that I want FFG to do, but, um, yeah. Ewoks is one of them and I don't want Ewoks, but I think they should be in the game.
1: I just think that in general, the game at the moment, it's, it's it's still too early days to sort of, I'm going to say branch into those niche, um, those niche forces, so in the same sort of, same sort of way that I consider like um, Gungans or like a full Mandalorian force mm-hmm. and Ewoks would be in the same kind of things. Like, yes, they're definitely a fighting force um, that's iconic to the, um, in the material, um, but possibly too, too niche to be kind of a proper faction yet. Yeah. But if the game keeps going and they want to keep expanding and adding new options, then sure. I see those sorts of things um, being available at some point. Yeah. Because um, I guess once they start to sort of max out the current four factions, either you add more factions or you, or you re-release the game. Um, Yeah. And I don't like re-releasing games just just for the sake of um, stimulating sales. Obviously Mm. it has to happen. At some point. At some point. But there's also so much there um, that they could expand and and and, and add to the game. Mm-hmm. Ewoks definitely one of them. And then Absolutely. you could add in your your catapults, um, your hang glider dudes um, have have actual rules for traps that are set up around the um, around the board.
0: Um. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, Drew, uh, I hate to say it, um, I think uh, our our quick dive into one of the more <laughs> iconic Star Wars battles is uh, is coming to a close. Is there anything that you would like to add about the Battle of Endor?
1: Um, like I said that's it. I think uh, if, the only thing I'd mention is like terrain, really. But there's a lot of like that was one of the boards I saw a lot. Oh, of making. course, Endor yes. boards. Um, with the giant, um, uh, the giant, I'm trying to remember the name of the tree, but I can't now, but I'm in just real life, there off. were the
0: redwoods, but yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. So giant redwood trees all over the place. Um, I think that you can have but a lot of, a lot of fun with the basing of your army. And I think that though I'm talking about making a really boring imperialist, I guess what I forgot to mention is you can have a lot of fun, even though you're putting together a fairly basic stormtrooper army rules wise you have a lot of fun uh with those bases and there'd be some really cool modeling opportunities of like stormtroopers ducking behind uh logs or hopping over uh trees you know fallen trees or you know popping around a tree to shoot i think there's a there's a lot of really cool opportunities there that you can really yeah, sorry. What
1: modeling your modeling your speeder bikes, sort of like you know, ducking over and under like fallen logs and around um, around big stumps and things like that. Like, sort of really animate those bike models because they're cool. Yes. Um, oh, there's, pl- there's plenty you could do there, but it would be um, it would be a lot of fun actually.
0: mm mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Well, on on that note, Drew, um, I think, guys, we are not going – I know we said last time we aren't going to leave a gap between episodes so long. Um, We were planning to – we actually were going to play a lot of games um, before social distancing smashed us in the face. And so – Can um, I I also say
1: that um, I I was hoping to get a friend on here. Um, uh, I'm not going to name him, but he's a – he actually works in – Infectious diseases. He's a doctor, mm-hmm. um, and he was going to come and talk about um, the Battle of Camino with us. Soon. Uh, but obviously, he's been um, he's been very busy. Yes. Late. So um, we hope to do that again when things calm down and he's got a bit more free time. Then uh, maybe we'll 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 have that episode.
0: Yeah, I have a couple of things up my sleeve that I absolutely want to talk about, but uh, I think we need to uh, just. I think we need to play some more games. I'm looking forward to doing some more hobby as I said I'm going to looking forward to paying up some jawas. Um, and Ooh, I got yeah. a bunch of the right before this happened I picked up a couple of the Stormtrooper uh, additional boxes so I can get some alternate Stormtrooper types and I got some cool stuff from Sc- Skullforge too <laughs> hashtag Skullforge and um, <laughs> I think I'm going to make another squad or two of Minbin Stormtroopers I also got more cloaks from Victoria Miniatures so between the Skullforge heads and the cloaks I'm going to model up some Stormtrooper specialists some new special and heavy weapons for my squads Um, but I'm waiting for the last pieces to come in then I'm going to smash it all out at once uh, because I like to uh, with my stormtroopers I like to crank through them but in the meantime I think I'm going to do some solo uh, one on one sort of one off fun models and just keep adding to my force so yeah.
1: yeah cool Hi. Well um But
0: but Drew, I think on May the fourth, uh we are going to be doing our first video. Um now we keep talking about the conversions that we're doing, but I've been doing uh through the Cast Ice YouTube channel, I've been doing a a series called G.I. Joe on the Tabletop where I have been detailing how I've been putting Basically, a lot of what we do on the show where I talk about a a part of G.I. Joe lore um, and then how I made that on the tabletop, how I converted the vehicles, how I made the infantry, that sort of thing, and particular character models. I would like to continue that and doing some Star Wars on the tabletop. And so we are Mm -hmm. going to be doing that. uh, Look for the first of those uh, on May the 4th, and we will share the link, and we hope you enjoy it. And it will be... Shorter and with lots of pretty pictures, and so you guys can see exactly what we've been talking about all this time. Because um, I do realize that for a podcast where we spend a lot of time talking about the modeling opportunities, we don't actually show as much as we should. So um, this will be the opportunity for us to do that. So please do look for that. Uh, it is coming next week. And, uh, yeah, we enjoy talking about Star Wars, and we're looking forward to showing you what we have got. Drew, anything yeah. else before we head out?
1: No, just just take care, everyone. Uh, Be safe, um, particularly at these times. And um, take the opportunity to stay home and uh, build some interesting Star
0: Wars forces. Amen to that. And wash your hands when you're done.
1: Yeah. Uh, Take care,
0: everyone. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening. For more information about the topics discussed in today's episode, please find our Facebook page by searching for Beyond the First Marker. Please message us there if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions that will help us improve the quality of this show. Until next time, may the Force be with you.